Hello, everybody. We're back again. Another week. It is now October. September is over, and this year is almost over. Kind of crazy. It's been thank a God. wild year. Yeah, thank God. Um, yeah, and so you know, October tends to be like like just Halloween central, <laughs> and so people talk about horror movies and other stuff like that. So I thought it'd be cool to talk about some of the episodes from. Black Mirror. So Black Mirror is a really interesting TV show uh, that's sort of like an anthology series similar to like, um, what would it be like? Uh, the Twilight like, Zone. Yeah, like The Twilight Zone. Exactly. Um, these films all, or these these episodes all have to do with some kind of science fiction um, concept where technology sort of takes a turn that has some unintended consequences. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Like that, that tends to be like, there's always some kind of moral in the story about the unintended consequence of <clears throat> what technology can do to humans. Uh, so yeah, there's some really interesting stuff. And so today we're going to review this episode uh, called USS Callister. And this is sort of a, basically a take on Star Trek, right? Um, but done in the, the Black Mirror universe. So this is a really interesting one. <clears throat> and, you know, again, there's another, this, this episode has another kind of moral quandary and some very kind of dark people, but <clears throat> sort of done within what the Black Mirror universe would be. Um, yeah, so this is, had you ever seen this episode before? I had not. No, I knew it existed, um, but I, I hadn't seen it and I haven't gotten around to watching it um, yet. Um, that's the nice thing about Black Mirror is that you can kind of flip and dip wherever you want. So if you hear a popular episode, hear of a popular episode, you can kind of just go and watch it. You don't have to watch it from start to finish. Um, I have heard that there's little tidbits of like um, things that might happen in the background that might show up in another episode later, like something on someone's phone. I know. I read that in this episode, there's someone on a dating app that later appears in another episode. Um, oh, okay. Pardon me. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I had never seen it before, but I was I was definitely curious. Yeah, there sort of is a, a Black Mirror shared universe. Um, Something's going on. People like shared universes these days. They do, right? It's like people are obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, I, well, I remember when I was watching The Old Guard, I was like, please be connected to the immortals and highlander please like i wanted it so bad yeah i, I saw your review you're saying it was basically highlander all over again right and it's, i mean it doesn't make it not good but it's it's basically highlander but good yeah 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 and so in like this black mirror so like the technology that they use so there's this technology that can take someone and basically put them into like i guess what you could call mental space so if you think of like an inner space like this within your mind <clears throat> and then there's this um um, massive architecture of what you could build inside of that that mental space. Um, that's something that is a recurring technology throughout Black Mirror episodes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is something that's kind of like they're just they're just like oh well let's let's do a Star Trek kind of spoof or kind of I don't know a Black Mirror take on Star Trek using this technology to get us into there. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, this, this, this episode has an interesting opening, right? So there's like this, it's like the old Star Trek, right? Yeah. Like the original series episodes yeah, where there's a, on film, 
grainy. Yeah. The colors yeah. are all muted and ugly. Um, overacting. Um, I will say the, the the main character of the episode who plays uh, Robert is in Nail Shatner's cadence. Just yeah. And, um, like his pauses, his inflection when he's like thinking about something even like it was it was a very good homage to Shatner's performance. Yeah, Jesse Plemons, he is like, he's, he feels to me, he reminds me a lot of um, Philip Seymour Hoffman in some ways. Like a guy who, you know, kind of blends in a little bit. Like he doesn't have the actor look, like he's not Brad Pitt. Yeah, he's, he's not, ordinary, you know. Yeah, he looks ordinary. And so because of that, you can, yeah, exactly. Hollywood. Like as a human, like he is not an ugly person. Um, but like, yeah, he kind of blends into the background and has a long wide range of different performances that he can give. And so like in this, you know, he's basically kind of playing two roles, right? He's playing this William Shatner parody or homage. And then we see him in the normal world, right? <clears throat> where he's this kind of dorky dweeby pushover um, yeah pushover brainiac kind of guy uh yeah and he, he gives a interesting performance on both sides of it <clears throat> yeah right. it's like this inner outward turmoil of like he can only be <laughs> he's only in power when he's manipulating or controlling yeah. things, like things inside of a video game essentially or this interface and he has absolutely nobody, his peers don't respect him. Like, he's basically the boss, for God's sakes. He's one of two people who are the bosses running this company and is the brain behind it, and nobody cares. Nobody gives a crap. Like, they all just, they, they just push out, they just push him over and treat him like crap. And, which is, I think, something that a lot of us can relate to. Um, yeah. Where you let people take advantage of you, uh, take advantage of you a few too many times, and then they just, they have no respect for you whatsoever, and they'll walk all over you. And, it's a hard line to balance, you know, being in a position of authority, but also wanting to be friendly with people. It's, it's, it's difficult. Yeah, for sure. And he, he definitely like, like this, this film has a lot to say. I think about, you know, like the, we'll get to the, probably at the end, like, like the, the fanboy <laughs> and like the, you know, the obsessed fan, like, what is this, what does this episode have to say about those kinds of people? <laughs> Uh, no, because no, there, there are plenty of people who are like that in real life, and I don't want to, like, shame them or anything like that. You do you. Um, but he, he he's let himself get lost in it, in the fantasy, in the imaginary. Like, and if anybody tells you, well, you know, it's not real, right? You get, they get so defensive. They get so defensive. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, I've heard, I've heard plenty of different arguments when I try to tell people, you know, like, like, for example, like, Star Trek fans are very, like, split down the middle. They can be very extreme or they can be very welcoming. And, you know, it's not, you don't need to take it that seriously. Like, it's, and again, with the trying to balance respect from your peers or the people below you, it's hard to get people to respect you if you're so fanboy, I guess. Yeah, when you're so obsessed. Yeah, when you're so obsessed to the point where you're literally taking people from your real life, like, and inserting them into this fantasy to have power over them when you don't in real life. For things yeah. that are petty genuine things that are petty yeah 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 like like we'll get into it but it's like someone gave him the wrong order of coffee or someone was like oh you why'd you stare at me <laughs> and then he's like you know he does what he does 
Um, so did this, so this, like the opening scene, did that remind you of any particular episode of original Star Trek? Um, there's a lot of episodes like that. I think from the, from the get go, he, even though he sounds like Kirk, has a cadence like Kirk, Kirk isn't cruel. Like he isn't unnecessarily cruel. If that's who we're basing this, this captain persona that Robert exudes. Um, cause he's, yeah, because, like, the guy escapes from the escape pod or whatever, but he's, after he blows up the ship, but he's just kind of playing this weird cat and mouse game, almost. And, yeah, it was just, it, like I said, it could have reminded me of a number of episodes, but not one in particular that I can, like, think of myself. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that that whole, yeah, like you said, he is playing cat and mouse. Like, he could take out the villain of Volzak or whatever his name was, but he, like, lets him go to the other planet so he can, you know, I don't know. <laughs> weird fetish game and it's just it's kind of creepy and the way everyone's just like hip hip hooray it's like okay this yeah. guy is like seriously insecure people are doing yeah that. and then he does like the like really weird like the way he kisses like all the women or whatever yeah it's just it's <laughs> that to me was just like okay this is not normal <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is not okay behavior and also like yeah. where the hell's the rest of the crew too you know what i mean like it's, it's just, just them it's just these four people and yeah yeah it's <laughs> so okay so we get this this scene that's like you know original star trek but something's a little off right yeah <laughs> and then so then we see uh robert basically where he works and he so he works at this company callister incorporated uh, and then we, we basically start seeing all these people that were on the crew of his ship. So like the front desk person was, I don't know, like a blue alien. Mm-hmm. What was she probably like the communications officer? Um, I don't think she was communications, but she had some kind of maybe ops or something like that. Yeah, science officer or something. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and then he literally calls one of his coworkers helmsman. Helmsman Packer. <laughs> Yeah, like what? Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) The fantasy is bleeding into his his normal life, and he doesn't seem excited to go to work. Not just because like his peers treat him like crap, but because like I can be my game right now. Like I can game it. Yeah, I can. I can be the one in charge right now. Like going to work is such a chore for him, and he's completely distracted by everything that's going on. Um, And as soon as someone gives him real praise in real life. Is no idea how to how to cope with it. Yeah, how to how to deal with it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so we see all these different people. Um, then then there's this jockey guy who is the villain, <laughs> like just like totally on point, right? Yep. <laughs> the jock is the villain. There's another woman who thought he was creepy. Uh, there was the intern, mm-hmm. like the guy who works right under him, <laughs> who's like, um, I, I forget what, what his job was. I think he was um, just design, like a designer or something like that. <clears throat> and then, so his, basically his whipping boy in the game is the CTO, mm-hmm. or, or the C- CEO, the CEO, yeah. um, Walton, who's played by Jimmy Simpson, um, who, interesting actor. He's been in a lot of cool stuff, actually. Yeah, I like yeah. Him. We were talking about before Westworld. He's in that. He's in that. He's first season of Westworld. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, that kind of threw me through a loop. That's yeah. Like, <laughs> Westworld season one is like, like, whoa, that that 
That was a way to like do a TV show where there's a plot twist that you don't see coming. I just was like, because Ryan, my boyfriend, had seen it before me, so he was watching me like as the episodes were getting down there, like towards the end. He was just like staring at me. I'm like, what? What is going to happen? He's yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, you'll see. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's one of the, you know how I feel like shows and movies are doing this thing right now where like there's two different plots happening and you think they're happening at the same time. And they kind of overlap each other. Westworld did that very well. <clears throat> Without giving too much away. If you haven't seen the first season of Westworld. Um, that the... Uh, oh, God. The Henry Cavill fantasy series. The Witcher? Oh, The Witcher, yeah. The Witcher also did very well. Um, it's becoming a new theme, I've noticed. And I think we need to watch out for it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, having these timelines that kind of... I Yeah, The Witcher, it felt a little more obvious that something was not totally happening at, at the same time that in um in westworld they don't want you they want you to think oh this is all happening at the same time well why uh, that it wasn't yeah like they covered exactly. their ass very well yeah 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 because like and what i loved is like they talk about like how a machine for machine uh the past is is just as real as the present um and that just really makes it all come. But yeah, that's great. Season one of Westworld, one of the best TV shows ever, for sure. <laughs> Must watch television. Um, okay, so in this in this episode, so then um, <clears throat> Robert meets Nanette Cole, who's this new employee, and is someone who actually likes him, like the work that he does. Like she's actually respects him and like is interested in the stuff. Um, his coding and stuff and thinks he's smart <clears throat> and they have some interesting, but awkward, but not terrible interactions. And then, uh, the CEO Walton kind of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> belittles him a little bit, which is something that's like, again, another recurring theme of this character. Like he, you know, he says he's a pushover, right? Yeah. Like you said, he's, he's a pushover in real life and he kind of, I don't know, can't really deal with certain situations, social situations, for sure. No, he just kind of lets everything just go over him, you know? He just, it's not, and it, he's not even letting it go. That's the thing. Clearly, he doesn't let yeah. things go if he brings it into yeah. his fantasy realm <laughs> where he can have control. He just kind of simmers and stews in his own anger and his own inadequacy to stand up for himself. You know, instead of being like, oh, no, it's not a problem. It's okay. Like, I've, I've done that in my own life where, like, I've let people... Just I've knowingly let people take advantage of me, even though I could definitely say no, and it wouldn't it wouldn't kill anyone if I said no. Um, but sometimes it's easier just to say yes, so you don't have to deal with feeling bad, even though you do feel bad. It's yeah, it's a whole thing. So yeah, I, I yeah. kind of relate to him in that sense because it sucks, you know, going to work, going to a place where you work every day and people don't respect you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, he you could tell like he's all the time he's just just uh walton is just treating him so badly and it's you know it's affecting him but he can't express it Mm -hmm. um but then there's there's another part of this conversation with nanette where you know he has like every episode of what they call space fleet (laughs) in this um in this universe it's called space fleet and he like he has them all on like VHS and DVD and Blu-ray. He's got a poster. He's got all these like toys. He's got like a little ship. He even named the company after the, um, 
he named the company after the ship. So instead of like that, it'd be like if you if you named a a company Enterprise, right? <laughs> so he's he's a big uh, Starfleet person. <laughs> um, yeah, he's a big nerd. yeah, he's, <laughs> exactly. He's a big nerd. He's a big nerd. Like even I don't have that much Star Trek memorabilia. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's I, all about it. I mean, first I have nowhere to put it. First of all, but like, yeah, that's a lot. That's a yeah, shelves of it. Yeah, um, yeah. But then you know, uh, Walton comes in and he tells him, "Hey, we gotta get this update done like before Christmas or whatever." And he kind of cajoles him to do that. Um, yeah. So like, when when you first watched this episode, like, did you did you think that um, the way did you think that like the the space fleet captain version of him was like a dream or did you just think that it was some kind of technology uh or were you not sure i wasn't sure at first um but it made but once he went to work and you see what he does for a living it kind of starts falling together a little bit um but yeah it's i don't think he really knows if it's a fa- if it's like a dream or not anymore like yeah like he's just it i feel like it makes him happy when he's there but he's just miserable when he's not um but yeah, I wasn't I wasn't sure at first, but you know, once what he did for a living came into play, it all kind of just started making sense a little bit. And it would make sense for him because I'm sure it feels very real inside this game or whatever, or inside this fantasy. So he has yeah, the, so, the technical know how to make something mm-hmm. that real. Yeah, it's like super real for for and yeah, again, this technology in the Black Mirror universe, it's like really, really real when you jack into this thing. Yeah. Um but yeah, then we kind of <clears throat> get the the big reveal of like what is going on. So he goes home, Robert goes home, and he has his own version of Infinity. That's a space fleet mod that he created himself that he has control of. Um, and so then he, you know, it's like the Matrix, right? He just jacks into the Matrix. Yep. <laughs> and he's he's the space fleet captain. Yeah, he can be the hero, but he's actually the villain, which he yeah. doesn't tap into at all because he's so delusional. Um, and just do whatever he wants. Yeah, so he he jack he gets in, and then the first thing he does is he like just goes after the Walton in his little universe. So the, and this is like his Spock, right? Yeah, it's kind of his Spock <laughs> and his McCoy like rolled into one. You know, yeah. like. Yeah. neurotic but we only find out he's acting neurotic because that's what Robert is expecting basically um, but yeah he kind of just kicks the crap out of him <laughs> yeah yeah he's just like gets really mad at him he's like you guys are incompetent because you let Valdek get away blah 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 We're like actually this and that. let him get away <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. like, that was your idea yeah like we could have because like you know again later on we see they are hostages to him uh-huh. and they cannot escape and he keeps them trapped so they're in his little power fantasy game and he purposely is preventing them from being able to get out uh-huh. pretty much um yeah and so then you know again they continue to play this little wonky <laughs> yeah <laughs> He, he just gets progressively worse. Like, yeah, he pretty he much does. stays the same. Like, he's kind of conniving and mischievous, like, in his real life. And nobody really catches on because, oh, he's harmless or whatever. Um, 
But yeah, he just he kind of just gets progressively worse to his crew. These yeah, his like, crew. Percent, like these people are like these these they might be a collection of data and whatever else that make them them, but they're pretty conscious of what's going on. They're not stupid. Yeah, yeah. And so then um, later on, we see like how he brings like real people. And again, these are all his coworkers. <laughs> He's yep. bringing in his coworkers and some other people related to the coworkers into this little mess of universe. So um, the next day, Robert is like watching Nanette and then like she gets some coffee mm-hmm. in, a, in a cup. And then he like when she throws away the cup, he takes it and then he takes it home and he has this machine that can assimilate someone's DNA from whatever is there and it can then place you into his little game universe so he takes the nets cup and the whole day like he's he's just basically waiting mm-hmm. all day so he he starts it at night he wakes up and is still assimilating and then is at work and it's still assimilating her and then the minute that she's fully assimilated he goes into the to the uss McAllister. And so she wakes up and she's like, what like her, <laughs> yeah, her, I guess, avatar or something, whatever you want to call this sentient version of her inside of a video game. She wakes up and she's like, what's going on? And they, you know, the other crewers are chatting on the bridge and they're just like, you know, another, basically another day in hell, right? Yep. Another day uh, in Robert's weird fantasy land. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, hey, you're, <laughs> it's a new, it's a new girl. And they're like, you might want to sit down because we're, we got some, some bad news to tell you. And she just, she's, she can't believe it at all. Yeah. What's going on? Because she thinks she's herself. Well, yeah, but that's she's what not. makes it even worse is that they, they're aware. They're self-aware. Then they're trying to live, even though like the other characters like on the bridge know that they can't actually die they can still feel pain and they still yeah. want to protect themselves so there's self-preservation they're aware of what's happening they remember their their other lives up until the point that they showed up <laughs> to the game and that makes it all the more creepy and terrible because if they were just like mindless avatar drones yeah 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 it, <clears throat> it wouldn't be as horrible but it is and so yeah it would be a nightmare you can't go to sleep you don't have genitalia you, yeah, yeah. You, you can't enjoy anything. Like, yeah, you're just always awake and always thinking, always thinking. Yeah, and they, as far as they can tell, there's no escape. Yeah, like they, they can't. He controls everything, right? Yeah, he's the Matrix architect. Yes. So they can't even really. They don't even know how to like communicate with someone on the outside world, even if they could try to get out. Um, and it's everything that the little sandbox that they're in can't is it's offline. It's not connected to the internet as far as they know. And so they can't like send out a message through the internet to get someone out. So they're just trapped. And (laughs) yeah, it's, it's really, yeah, it's really crazy. So then Robert shows up and he's kind of like, you know, Hey, hey, new, new crew member. Nanette. Yeah, he doesn't even like take her aside and be like, "Hey, this is what's going down." Um, maybe because he's already been through it so many times with the others that he doesn't see a point in doing any kind of introduction. Um, he just goes straight into the game, straight into the fantasy. And when she doesn't play along, he kind of breaks character from it. He's like, 
on, like, just, like, get into it a little bit. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, fuck no. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, she's very defiant. Like, her character's, like, super, like, nah, fuck this shit. <laughs> um, yeah, and so then she she continues to not, like, to be defiant. And then he he kind of shows her how powerful he is. And he yeah. he basically removes her face. Mm-hmm. So she has no eyes, no mouth, no nose. And, and she's, she's just like, suffocating. suffocating. But she can't. He even tells her, like, you know, you can't die, but you'll just keep suffocating. Like, oh. That's horrible. That is that is that is a, a a demented level of evil, right? Oh yeah, that's something like Q would do just for fun in Star Trek. Like he would just he would just snap his fingers and like do that to someone. Like very yeah. Q level behavior. Yeah. So like he he's he's like a massive on a massive power trip. Mm-hmm. Um this is not like some fun, cool, consensual whatever kind of thing. No, no he's <laughs> yeah no one wants to be there and he's it's really like yeah you know again there's <laughs> the thematic part of this film right this, this show right it's like what does it say about these because you know there are these types of people right these people that they act like they're innocent or they kind of like oh woe is me the world is is sort of downtrodden on me but they really like it's one thing to be like, you know, I I have been treated badly, so no one should be treated badly. It's more like, I'm treated badly, but I wish I was in power. Yeah, it's like, I've to, been treated badly so to the point where I have the right to treat other people like crap. Or I'm so miserable, everyone else around me has to be miserable. Like, I, I've, I've had managers who have been in a position of authority above me where that is their only goal. Everyone else is, I'm miserable. Everybody else has to be miserable. Mm. If this is my problem, it's your problem. And it's like, that's not how a, that's not how a, a, a society can operate functionally. Yeah. <laughs> properly. And they're, they're just energy vampires. They really are. It's like, oh, well, let, me, let me tell you about how my cat died five years ago. Let me, let, me, let me tell you about this horrible thing that happened to me 25 years ago that I'm still not over. And it's like, not that I don't feel for certain people like that, but you can tell the difference between who is just not looking for attention necessarily, but just trying to like bring everybody else down as opposed to other people who are just like, Oh yeah, this happened to me and it was bad, but how was your day? <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like they're just, like I said, they're just energy vampires and they make it miserable. And, yeah, that's, energy. and that's definitely his goal is like, I'm miserable. I hate my real life. So I'm going to exact revenge and power over mm-hmm. these beings because I'm mad. Isn't and the what incels are kind of a thing, or one of simps or something. I don't know. I'm really behind. <laughs> on, I'm really behind on stuff like that. I don't know, but like. Well, incel for sure. Yeah. Simp, like simp, simp is like that's that's a whole nother okay, kind of thing. Um, tell me about. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like a guy like him, what he needs to do is take control of his life and be like. To Walton, hey, dude, like, do you understand that I could just walk away and this whole thing is over? So you have to respect me, right? Like, that's how you actually deal with those types of problems mm-hmm. is you have to assert yourself, but in a way that's not toxic mm-hmm. and let people know what your value is. 
Like that, yeah. that's how adults deal with <laughs> conflict. They, yeah, that's how they should deal with conflict and should deal with confrontation. He doesn't want to have the confrontation though. That's the thing. He's not, he doesn't have a backbone enough to have the confrontation. And I understand confrontation is very hard, like, but there's a way of doing it where it doesn't have to feel like it's confrontation. You're just like, hey, we're two adults. We need to hash this out. Like, again, I, I had an incident like that in my former job. And instead of just realizing that this person had, you know, insulted me in so many different ways over the course of one day that when I finally snapped, they just gaslighted me with like, this is why it's your fault. And this is that and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you're completely missing the point of why I'm mad. Like, yeah. And it's, it's a terrible feeling because you just feel so helpless, but doesn't want to have that conversation with Walton. It's easier for him to just pick on him because this is a deep root thing. This is years of yeah. anger and just being mm-hmm. mad about things that you could easily take care of in your real life. Yeah, it's like at first he, you know, because again, he's a really smart guy. And it, this sort of feels like the social network Mark Zuckerberg kind of complex where it's like a person who's really, really intelligent but they're not good at dealing with certain social situations. Mm-hmm. And so in order to compensate, they go inward and they think, Oh, if I, if I'm accomplished, that's going to resolve those interpersonal conflicts and then it's going to make them better, but it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Success does not make you a more social person. Doesn't make people treat you differently. It's just another level of the same bad. <laughs> um, and because of that, he he then he's like, okay, so if I'm not getting what I want in the real world, now I can get what I what I need in the fake world. I can exert all of my power. I can let out all of my frustrations on these these things that the these avatars that I have total dominance and control over. Yeah, yeah success does not always equate respect either. I found yeah. because it still goes back to how you treat people. <clears throat> It doesn't really seem like Robert takes any interest in his coworkers' lives at all. Like he doesn't, doesn't ask yeah. them anything personal. Maybe because it's easier for him to disassociate when he's in the game. Because if he knows something personal, well, I mean, he knows about Walton's son, which we later find out about. But that just makes him yeah. more sinister. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it just it it's just a a bigger, easier target to hurt Avatar Walton. Um, even though the kid's perfectly fine. But the fact that this guy has thoughts like that is messed up. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, this is years and years of anger and no therapy whatsoever, clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't talk to anyone about how he really feels. Yeah, and, like, again, going, going back to, like, your fantasies and stuff like that, part of that is shame. People have shame in their fantasies all the time, which, you know, is something that I think is very relatable. But this is getting... To an extreme, like an extreme. To an extreme. And he knows that they're conscious. Like, he, yeah. he's not stupid. He knows it. And I wonder if he programmed them that way on purpose. Yeah, so that he could, when he, like, kind of breaks them, he can have the satisfaction of of domineering them, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, he's definitely a sadist. <laughs> yeah. Definitely a sadist. <laughs> Which could be fine, but this is this is not a consensual way to do no, no, <laughs> that kind of stuff. All. No. In yeah, it's also bad. Way. Yeah, the worst possible way. Yeah. And that's that's the cool thing about Black Mirror is like it brings up all these these questions of um, you know, morality and philosophy with technology. Like how moral is it to create a sentient 
person and then treat them like 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 they're your little plate like they're ants in a ant house an yeah. ant colony i feel like if you create an ai or you create clones and stuff like that like you have a responsibility because you made it like and he doesn't care about that responsibility he just cares about hurting people yeah <clears throat> because of, yeah. again pettiness petty yeah. behavior like and what like again i think we talked about virtual reality before and how it scares me because it's like this is why yes There's people like that who would use it and abuse it and it's and then not even know the difference between like a lucid dream you don't know if you're actually dreaming because it's so euphoric and it's so amazing like i had a lucid dream once where i was flying like i realized i was mm. dreaming i didn't wake up and i'm like i'm just gonna fly oh i want the hogwarts <laughs> express i want to land on the hogwarts express and it happened and it was great but it got to the point where it was freaky <laughs> like yeah it's like that level of you can't tell the difference anymore and when you do see the difference it's just so drab and depressing and awful because like like the color, there's no, there's an absence of color a lot of the times in his real life, and then there's all these bright, poppy, beautiful reds and blues and greens and stuff like that. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, he's got a lot of problems, right? <laughs> so now they finally, um, Nanette, like she's, she has to comply. Um, so all of them, they go on this mission to to find um, Valdek. <laughs> and so then they beam down to the planet and it's again the classic star trek tv show kind of stuff um <laughs> like valdek is down there and he like has a basically a rocket launcher he has a giant plasma rocket launcher and there's like a big spider creature yeah there's a giant creature yeah. And like, oh my God, how will we ever live? And I think the Nets like, I don't even have a phaser. Like, at least you guys yeah. have Like, they don't work. Only yeah, they don't work. work. <laughs> they do nothing. They literally do nothing. And yeah, um, Walton's like super, like, oh my God, we're all going to die. Who will save us? <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Um, and, and then there's like this subplot that comes. And later that's important where he he like pauses the game to go pick up some pizza mm -hmm. another oh, person <laughs> another person he treats like like shit the pizza people yeah. people who deliver his food he treats them like trash yep, yep. <laughs> and this guy's like he's got a lot of money he's the cto of a big company he doesn't tip it's like <laughs> are you kidding me oh, he's horrible he's a horrible person yeah, when you really get down to it, you stop feeling bad from pretty quick. You stop yeah. feeling bad from pretty quickly. And it's like, you're just a douche who's obsessed with a TV show, obsessed in a game. Like, like, because he, I feel like he's just like, why should I be polite to them? Because I've got something way more important going down. Yeah, yeah. Just at every level, you realize this person is so bad. He's just so yeah. bad. Um, so, yeah, he does. I forget what he does, but he figures out, you know, how to get the, the creature to, like, go away and he like subdues Valdek and then again we get this moment where like Valdek's like yeah kill me like please kill me um because death is is a way out right like then you're finally out of this hell where you have to play this dude's game and you know you have to be his be the villain every day or you have to fucking make out with this guy every day <laughs> yeah, exactly like it's torture yeah, um, but then he says, oh, <laughs> killing a cold blood is against a space fleet code of conduct. 
<laughs> We're gonna take you to the brig. <laughs> like, he's such an asshole. And like this poor guy's screaming, just kill me or something like that. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I was a good adversary, right? Like I, I I've earned a uh uh <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, uh no, not gonna kill you, sorry. No, and again, that's kind of on point for like how Captain Kirk would have dealt with some things like I'm gonna be the bigger person and not kill you. <laughs> it's like Thanks, Kirk. Thanks for that. Yeah, thanks, Kirk. Um, this guy is very different from Kirk. Oh, yeah. Say. Again, not, he's not unreasonably... He's only keeping him alive so that he can keep torturing him. Kirk would have kept mm -hmm. him alive and been like, you're going to be court-martialed, or we're on our way back yeah. to Deep Space 7, and you're going to spend your life in a penal colony or something like that. But he always gives him some kind of, like, I don't know, wisdom he passes along that's just like, well, you know, this is why you're a bad person. Mm -hmm. You could mm -hmm. be better. Yeah could better yourself but now he's robert's keeping them alive to like just toy with them not to teach them anything it's just to be a dick just to be a dick exactly so they beam back up and you know again it's the hip hip parade <laughs> and then he tries to kiss Nanette, and she just slaps him upside the face like yeah no no this is not happening yeah this is not happening um and <laughs> And then, and uh, so he shows her mercy again. This dude is just like trash. I'll yeah. show you mercy. I won't. I won't torture you because you feel uncomfortable with me uh, forcing myself onto you in a very awkward way. No, I'll just turn the only. I'll turn the person who's defending you into a space fighter. Shit. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, yeah. Into some weird. Out, I I really like that actress who plays the um. <clears throat> The uh, she's kind of like a re not a receptionist, but she's I feel like she's probably in customer service in some way in Robert's real life. But she was in the television or the Netflix show Chewing Gum, and it's hilarious. It's a very funny TV show that she's in. But no, I loved that she was in this, she was great. And then he turns her into a spider because they mentioned earlier that the spider on the other planet's name was Jillian, and like yeah. she, she also I think she looked at him the wrong way or something, and that's why he brought her in. Yeah, all the most trivial reasons why he decides to torture these people. It's like, oh yeah, the helmsman. Well, he he got my coffee wrong. Um, oh well, the the other the other woman. Yeah, said that I stare too much. Um, you know, it's just like, oh the the receptionist is just like <clears throat> indifferent. <laughs> yeah, she was indifferent. <laughs> she just she doesn't care, dude. Like she so. Has no one's under any obligation to be nice to you. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so therefore I'm going to take these people's DNA without their consent, create a clone of them in this universe and then torture their clone. Yeah. Adam for, Adam. Yeah. At, at, until he gets bored or until. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Until he gets bored. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this is the scene where, where we find out they have no genitals. They're just like, they're like Ken dolls. Yeah. <laughs> and they just talk about like how they tried to like sort of have sex or something yeah, we like tried to rub them against each other, but it just did nothing happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> so gross. Or I, um, one of the characters was like, "Yeah, I don't even have the satisfaction of taking a shit." <laughs> like, I yeah, just, I love that. Can't shit. Can't have sex. It's just like it's just I, can't kill yourself. Can't die. Yeah, then that's just kind of like he, like I draw a line at him taking my pussy. Yeah, that was great. That was really funny. So Nanette, like, wants, she's like, we have to find a way out. And she was like, I'm going to, because, like, in real life, she's, like, really smart. Yeah, she codes um, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. He didn't know her well enough. 
to put her in this game. And that was his biggest mistake is that he, he knew her. He, he had like two conversations with her. He has a little crush, puts her in the game. Without, you should really vet the people that you're putting in your game, dude. Like, even if they're going to be prisoners and you think they're smarter, there's always someone smarter than you. Always. Exactly, yeah. So she's smart enough to find a way out. So she hacks the system, and she finds a way to send a message through his account um, to, to someone on the outside world. So she sends one to her real self. So she sends the message to her real self. Uh, and it's like, it's like in all caps, like, oh my God, help me. There's cyber crime. Do something now. <laughs> yeah. And she goes to him and she's like, did you send me this? He's like, oh, it's probably just a hacker, a bot or mm -hmm. something like that. Firewalls don't always keep them out, <laughs> but I think he's sweating a little bit. Yeah. He's sweating a little bit. And so then he's like, oh, you need to get a better like firewall or protection on your phone. She's like, oh, okay. Uh, then he goes back into the game and... <laughs> This is really, but like he starts off like doing the like the Kirk kind of like this inspirational speech. This is why yeah. we're in space fleet. It's just kind of like, oh like, God. like no. you know, the main. <laughs> so funny. Like <laughs> the reason we're in space fleet is we're we're here to do the greatest thing of mankind, and I want to fucking kill you all day. You know? <laughs> he just like he has tantrums. He's such a child. He's a child. He's such a child, and like. When the game doesn't go his way, he throws a tantrum and stuff like that. And it's just, it's, I'm sorry, I've, I've heard people game, like, sometimes Ryan plays a game while I'm on, I'm typing or whatever. And like, he doesn't get, Ryan is not a vulgar person. He does not curse. He does not swear, which is the polar opposite of myself. Um, but when he games, he's like, oh, you loser and stuff like that. But when I game, I'm like, you son of a fucking bitch. God damn it. How dare you not marry that sim? Like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he has some heating gaming moments, but it's yeah. like with real people, right? Exactly, but that's so true of how people game sometimes. Like, I've heard my brothers do it. Like, even his nephew gets really heated when he's playing, like, Minecraft or something. I don't know. I know nothing about games. Um, yeah. But it's just, like, that's something he would do. Yeah. Just like, you ungrateful sons of bitches. He just throws his tantrum. And it's like, yeah. dude, you can't, like, what do you want? Like, get a life. Go for a walk. Go to the park. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's crazy. Um... So yeah, so then uh, I think her name's Shania. So she she begs him like, "Oh, spare her! Don't hurt her, please." He's like, uh, "Okay, I'll spare her." And then he turns Shania into a freaking monster instead. That was fucked up. It's like just just a vindictive evil person. Yeah, you straight up. Like, it, I I almost feel like I wonder if he started this as one. Like I know Walton expands more on on it later, but. I wonder if he almost started this to have friends, to, like, make mm. friends, and it snowballed into something sinister as soon as he realized he could cause them pain. Because um, mm. clearly he has no friends on the outside. Like, yeah. these yes. are his source of, this is his social life, if you really think yeah, about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, that's it. This is his social life. That is it. Um, but it's, he doesn't even interact with other people who play the game. Like, no. Just that. <laughs> like, that's it. And he's he's trying to keep them his little sandbox from touching the real world. Yeah, like he can't he can't handle the idea of interacting with other with other actual humans. <laughs> yeah, and I think that goes back to him really underestimating Nanette because when they meet, she's kind of she even says, "Oh, I'm just fangirling and blah blah blah," but he doesn't know anything else about her except that she's shy around him, so therefore she must be just like him. She must be introverted. She must be. 
yeah. uh, two. And she's not because it shows we, we see exactly what kind of person Nanette is as soon as she wakes up. Like she's not a pushover. She's strong. She's intelligent. She doesn't want to be trapped here. At least, you know, her avatar doesn't want to be. Therefore, her real self wouldn't like being trapped anywhere. And he seriously underestimates the, her ability or her her drive yeah. to be free of this this hellhole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he definitely under, underestimates her. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's because he has no interest in learning anything about these people. It's just, and you know, I think I think the way this started, it probably started was just like, oh, I want to make a world that's like <clears throat> the TV show, and that's what the whole game is. We find out later the whole game is basically just like a massive MMO Star Trek kind of game, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he, he was just trying to do that. And then he's going to make this little mod. That's just, you know, it's like a fan service kind of mod, right? Which happens a lot, actually, you know, people mod games, do all kinds of stuff with them. Oh, I'm sure. um, I think of like Skyrim, like there's a ton of Skyrim mods that are really kind of interesting. Hmm. Um, but yeah, anyway, so, so then he, then he's like figured out how to use this, this DNA technology to bring, actual people into the game. And I think he wanted to bring in, um, what's his name? Uh, Walton. Yeah, Walton. I think he wanted to bring in Walton as a way of like letting out his anger on the avatar Walton. But then he was frustrated because, you know, we find out he couldn't really get a, get through to, and the Walton was the first guy, the first person he brought in. And he couldn't, he couldn't, um, get get through him like he was just like unfazed by all of the different techniques of torture that he tried uh and then you know walton tells the story of like he he cloned his son tommy into the game yeah it's just it's just just also creepy because he's always waiting right he's always looking for an opportunity and in real life he just does all these things where he like sees a person like, like he's like, like some slight happens. Right. So like, or something sets him off and then he's like, Oh, how can I get an opportunity to take their DNA so that I can then use this person in my game? Yeah. And he, ra- he just uses, he just rationalizes that it as, Oh, well they were a dick to me. So I'm yeah. just going to be a dick to them back. And it's like, like you said, he's very opportunistic and he'll use any excuse now to pick somebody else. And it's very predatory, too. Yeah, and so, yeah, this whole thing with Tommy is really crazy. So Tommy, like, left, um, like, a like a sucker or something, and then he stole oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah, got his DNA, put Tommy in the game, showed Walton Tommy, and then he kills him. Like, he puts him in the airlock, and he lets he just kills him. And he talks about how, like, he, he, he goes into fate, space, completely froze, and then broke, like, like a piece of like a plate or something like a piece of glass, like porcelain. That's horrible. And that, yeah. And that just broke, that broke Walton, just broke him basically. And then he submitted. Yeah. Um, like you said, he's, he's, you know, <laughs> that he's always trying to find that point where he gets someone to submit to him. Basically. Yeah. Cause he's the master of this domain, literally. And he's just a dick. <laughs> like, like I, you, you stop, like I said, you stop feeling bad for this character really fast. And it's yeah. just like, you're just an asshole. Like, ooh, you tripped over someone's gym bag. Get over it. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He tripped over his gym bag. So let me make him the eternal villain. Yeah. And also, and like, like a, 
Mm-hmm. Why don't you be a boss and tell him put your fucking gym bag in your locker? <laughs> right. Like, why is your gym bag just laying around? Like, I don't know. Tell him to put it away, shove it under your desk, find a locker, leave it in your car. Like, there's so many ways he could have stood up to these people, again, without it being confrontational. Like, hey, man, maybe next time put it in your locker. Like, this is a huge facility that's worth millions of dollars. I can't imagine there's not a locker room. <laughs> like, exactly. But instead, he, he'll he say nothing when he's angry, but then he'll wait to steal this guy's DNA and then torture his clone. <laughs> yeah, he's instead, yeah, instead of just being straight up about it, he's just, oh, well, he's against me. He leaves his gym back out, like, on purpose to, like, be a dick and fuck with me. Like, no, you're just paranoid. Yeah. Like, we see glimmers of his paranoia when probably most of these people don't even think about him. Like, the receptionist yes. doesn't think about him. She's completely indifferent. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we kind of see um, Shania's character and the, the guy who ends up becoming the jock, like, kind of maybe giggling or laughing about it, but it's like, Dude, you're like 30. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's really weird that that yeah, he's like he just he seems like he just spends his time at work watching them, watching his coworkers. Yeah, it's like no wonder why you can't get the update out until Christmas Eve. You're not working. Like you're just waiting until it's five o'clock and you can punch out and go play your creepy game. Like he only yeah. <laughs> only out of obligation he goes to work. Yeah, pretty much. Um so yeah, so Nanette has a plan, right? So the plan gets initiated. So Robert comes into the game and they have another mission and um, they kind of make up something. Oh, this this ship, they need uh, they need they need help. They're stranded. It's like, oh, Space Fleet, we don't leave anyone stranded. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so they go to help the ship. Uh, then Nanette and Robert, they beam down and then she like <laughs> <laughs> and she like she like to stall him. So basically, their plan is they need to steal his um. What is it like his uh, device? It's like his remote. It's like his controller for the game. Yeah, they need to steal his controller for the game so that they can um basically access the internet through his um through through his interface. And pretty much their whole plan is that there's a part of the game that is going to update when the update happens. And in the game, it's like a it's basically a wormhole. Mm-hmm. So they are going to um, distract him, steal the his calm or whatever, uh, send a message to the real Nanette, and then get her to do the stuff that they need her to do, which is like get rid of the DNA, um, distract him, do all this other stuff, so so that they can then not get cloned again, but also get away, get into the wormhole, and get into the actual internet where they're free. Yeah, and then that basically blackmails herself with like nude pictures she has on like her iCloud or whatever. Yeah, well, they're yeah. like lewds. I, I wouldn't yeah, even say they're nude. Um, yeah, but they're, okay, so they're lewds, and so that she basically tells them, "Okay, blackmail me. I'll do anything to keep these pictures private, and that's how you'll get me." Because they need her to break into Robert's house, basically. Yeah, um, and the real Nanette, like nobody knows that this is actually going on. Um, you're only invested in their avatar care- versions of themselves. Um, so yeah, like that's how they, they get the real Nanette to like help them without her even knowing who they are. are. Yeah. Yeah. And so the plan works, right? So then (laughs) the, the avatar Nanette and Robert are like, like she like, right. She's like, Oh, Hey, like, let's go for a swim. (laughs) He's just like, what? 
why? And she's just like, come on, Robert. <laughs> and he gets in the water with her, and it's super awkward. I love when they're splashing each other, because, like, you see her face, like, aha, and, like, splash. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's just like, ha, ha, Just like, yo, let me let some steam off yeah, on your face. It's really awkward, because even he feels awkward, because, again, his his persona is dropping, and he's awkward again. Um yeah, the, the like the super cool anyway. The the super cool captain of the ship. Um, yeah, that that the whole thing is like the persona is going away, and he's this weird, pasty, <laughs> awkward. Thirty year old. Yeah, yeah, thirty year old who's probably never had any real relationships. No. Um, yeah. And, you know, again, the other thing, too, is, like, I don't know, it's also interesting, because, like, he purposely desexualizes the whole the whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, which is, like, a whole another interesting topic. Yeah, it's not about, like, because he could have sex with them, I'm sure, if he wanted to. Like, I'm sure he could do something, but he doesn't. So it's not a sexual thing. It's merely just a power trip. It's just about the power. Yeah, it's just about the power. It's just about exerting total dominance over these these people um yeah so <laughs> yeah that was fun like they're they're splashing around and then another part of the plan was that the real life nanette calls the pizza guy to deliver pizza so that he's gonna go away um <clears throat> and while he's pausing the game they're gonna fly the ship uh into the wormhole to get the hell out of there <laughs> yep so you know it's supposed to be a certain death for them, which I think is actually yes. interesting because in Star Trek stories, it's always about preserving life, and these are characters who are totally fine with like just extinguishing it. Otherwise, it's just going to keep going on and on and on, and there's no purpose at all. Yeah, they just want to get out or die. Just death. Death is <laughs> right. That's yeah, yeah. They'd be happy. To, well, I mean, right? Like death is better than being in hell. Exactly. Non-existence is probably better than being in hell. I'd say, if you're, oh. if that, if that's your, if that's your life. So um, the distraction works, and again, we see we see Robert talk to this pizza guy. This this whole the, this this interaction was interesting on a, on a number of levels. He's like, oh, I didn't order pizza. I don't want pizza. And then he's like, okay, I'll take the pizza. So he takes the pizza, and the guy's like waiting for a tip, and he's like, does, he doesn't even talk to him, right? He slams the door in his face, uh, and then just like leaves him high and dry yeah pretty much but then he eats the pizza like he's eating the pizza yeah he still eats it like because he's just a dick and he's like okay he's just a dick oh i didn't want the pizza i don't want the pizza like meanwhile nanette is like raiding his little mini fridge yeah that's another thing they're like souvenirs like how serious like take souvenirs from like victims he does the same thing yeah, yeah. And he has them labeled. He has, like, names of different people. Yep. And she's, like, the real Nanette's like, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah. and her out. So she takes them, and then she escapes. Yeah, she gets out. She escapes. Robert gets back into the game. He sees everyone's gone. He gets into the the shuttle. So there's a shuttle that was on the planet. And then uh, the shuttle AI tells him, oh, you know, the... The uh, Callister is heading towards the wormhole. He's like, "What? No!" Tantrum. <laughs> yeah, he's another tantrum. In a very like, it's very kind of similar to like 
an actual Star Trek villain, I feel like. Yeah, they have their meltdowns. <laughs> what do you mean they're escaping? I thought we put them in the brig. Well, sir, seems they're yeah. smarter than us. <laughs> I, I, it kind of reminds me of like, um, so like Star Trek, the J.J. Abrams one, where like, um, <laughs> where it was a captain, it was Captain Nemo, right? It was a villain? Nero. <laughs> Nero, Nero. Yeah, so like Nero is just like really pissed off at Spock and he's just, he just like starts screaming Spock like Spock! Ah! He just starts losing his shit. Yeah, these villains don't generally tend to be so cool when things don't go their way. Yeah. Um, yeah, that happens a lot. Yeah. So he's trying to catch up to the USS Callister and they, they're like, they're not going to make it so they have to go through like an asteroid field and you know there we, which is kind of. <laughs> has there been any shows where that had to happen, where they like had to go through like an asteroid field or some kind of oh, something? Oh, plenty of times where they mm-hmm. use asteroid fields to like hide themselves and stuff like that. Star Wars has done that. Star yeah, Trek, you know, it's 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 a convenient story plot to use in space. So they have to go through that asteroids field to like cut across, uh, so they get to the wormhole faster. But he's gaining on them. Then the Callister loses power, like it, the the engines fail for some reason, and so then Walton sacrifices himself, like he turns the uh, turns the engines back on, but then they vaporize him. Yeah, they, they vaporize him. Yeah, uh, and then the crew gets through the wormhole like just in time, um, and um, what's his name? Robert gets stuck. He's stuck there in the uh, in his little universe. Um, and then he kind of has a weird fate. I'm not sure if he like is stuck or he died or if he's just going to be there until someone gets him out. Yeah, it's kind of ambiguous as to what it's happens to him. Yeah. I feel like it's more appropriate if he's alive but still in the game and trapped in the hell that he made. I think it's yes. more poetic and I think it makes more sense mm-hmm. for the story and just parallels what he was doing to them and now he's yeah, he doing to alone. So with no way of getting out really. So mm-hmm. until like, I don't know, maybe the cleaning lady comes. <laughs> Exactly, like the cleaning lady or like someone from work, like, hey, dude, you know. But anyway, so our 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 characters, like they <laughs> this is like one of my favorite parts of this whole episode. So they 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 don't die, but they end up in somewhere maybe I don't know. <laughs> like that's what I kinda got from that they just kinda landed in the internet because of the update. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they they landed. Well, what what I like too is they they're in the JJ verse, right? Yeah, in the JJ verse, those lens flares. I think they're doing too much on purpose because I can't stand lens flares anymore. Oh my god! Like they, we immediately get a freaking lens flare, and they got the modern like it's the modern kind of JJ. It looks, it looks like the JJ Abrams, the Kelvin bridge of the Enterprise. That's what it looks yeah. like. It's the Kelvin Bridge. They're wearing the updated clothes. <laughs> yep. I thought that was, but they're alive. They didn't yep. die. They're alive. And, they're well. And they're they're happy. Um. Yeah. And so they, you know, uh, the Avatar Nanette becomes the captain, and they interact with some Aaron Paul. It's it's Aaron Paul, by the way. <laughs> That's Aaron Paul voice. Yeah, that was oh, the voice yeah. of Aaron Paul. <laughs> King of space. I'm that. the king of space. space. Better, you better leave, bro. You better run. <laughs> you have anything to trade? You don't. If you have nothing to trade. Get out of here before I blow your ass. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, 
cocky game talk. It's just like you can't actually hurt me. Like Yeah. Fuck out of here. Yeah, they just you know, bounce. Yeah, they just go and have their own little adventures because in the vastness of yeah. the internet it's as vast as the universe it seems. Yeah. <laughs> so they're free. Yeah. And that was the whole show. Um, so what'd you think? Like, what were your overall reactions? Oh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. You know, it's, it was very much an episode that I feel like could have been in Star Trek. Um, there's been episodes of like in next generation of people abusing the holodeck with the character Reg. He just completely loses himself in the holodeck and, um, takes control of the ship at one point And it's just a real, I mean, Reg has all kinds of issues, not the least of which is mm. being a stalker. Um, <clears throat> like, total stalker like he only gets um therapy advice from deanna troy because he's obsessed with her that's the only reason <laughs> um but yeah stuff like that's happened in star trek before which i always like a good holodeck episode it's fun um kind of shakes things up and yeah i thought it was it had a, a moral and a villain and yeah it was good i liked it a lot yeah it, this was a cool one for sure um <laughs> uh, but I think I think what's interesting too is just thinking about like what this says about like the toxic fanboy culture, right? Because this Robert character is just like the archetypal toxic fan who just has these unrealistic expectations of like what 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 the media should be for him. Yeah, and yeah, yeah it's like you want to see Daisy Ridley's boobs, but you don't want her to be in Star Wars. That's the that's who he is. It's like. Yeah, it's that toxic fanboy of like you're a girl. You can't. You don't understand Star Wars. You can't like Star Trek. You're cosplaying as a Mandalorian. Who who gave you the right to do that? It's like I was listening. So there's a new Star Trek podcast called The Pod Directive, and it's really good. And there's a an episode that I just listened to where it's all women from all different walks of life who have done Star Trek or have enjoyed it. Um, the one, the woman who hosted is a voice on Lower Decks, and they have Michelle Hurd, who is in um, Star Trek Picard. But the the uh, the host was basically talking about how, like, you know, anytime I've met a, a, a guy who's a nerd and likes Star Trek, and I said, oh yeah, I'm really into Star Trek, like I really enjoy it and stuff like that, they immediately want to tell her something about it, like, oh well, did you know this? <laughs> and because she is a woman of color, the first thing they want to tell her is, oh well, did you know that? Star Trek had the first interracial case. They always want to educate you about something. And it's like, yeah. I know because I like it. Like, I already know all these things. And they actually talk a lot about Plato's stepchildren and how it's a grossly inappropriate episode to begin with. Um, being the first of its kind or not, it was it was almost like it was for all the wrong reasons. And it's so <laughs> like they were so concerned about how it would be viewed in the South and like it's gonna be viewed negatively. Yeah, it's like, gonna be viewed negatively, or will it be viewed positively? <laughs> and like after like when they kiss, you only see Kirk's face. It like completely blocks out your hurrah, like he dips her or something like that. And like you just see this it's so awkward. And he whips her, I think, at one point. Mm. So it's he whips her. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god! Like these gods and these aliens are making them do things that they don't want to do. So they were like, "Oh yeah, that'll make up for the southern viewers." Oh. But it was just this. It was just. It was interesting listening to these women of. They were all women of color talking about their experiences with Star Trek and how women are sometimes viewed in science fiction and how you know there's there's not there wasn't really a place for us for a long time and it was just it was interesting because like. I've experienced that, like, 
I have a troll on my YouTube channel that will that loves to educate me about Star Trek all the time. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> like, I get it. Let it go. <laughs> it just makes the whole fan experience kind of worse. It's, it's like, why do I need to prove myself to other people about my interest? Exactly. And whether you just like the new shows or you just like TOS or the 90s, like, it's just... Who cares? We're all here because we like the show, because we like the overall message. You know what I mean? Like, that's why we're here. You know, I'm not here to be told X, Y, and Z about how I have a bad opinion because I think disco has good moments or I think there's flaws in TOS or X, Y, and Z. Like, it's art. It's allowed to be criticized. Like, and I'm allowed to like what I like, bro. Like, whatever. Totally. Totally. Yeah, the um, fanboy mentality is not one that I'm a fan of, and I like making fun of them. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like this character really is emblematic of that, you know, from the way that these people... And, you know, you could just think of, almost think of, like, the way that Robert deals with people in real life, but then, like, it's almost like the the, <clears throat> the avatars are just, like, internet people that they interact with, right? It's like, instead of, I don't know, dealing with your own stuff in your personal life, you then go on the internet anonymously or pseudo-anonymously and slag people, um, like the people that troll you or whatever. It's just like, yeah, dude, get a life. Yeah, it's like, I know I'm an adult enough to sit down with someone I have an issue with and have an adult conversation. You're just trolling someone for no reason just to be a dick, to, to make yourself feel better. Because, yeah, some of these people don't have any control in their real lives. And it stops being a hobby, and it takes over everything. It's like, if you spend all your time in forums or on video games and stuff like that and forget that there's real life out there, like, that's when, that's when, the, that's when the human side of you starts, like, slipping away. Because people do have feelings, and I know that's such, like, a, I don't know, millennial thing to say. But, like, it's true. Like, uh, I just feel bad for them, I guess. Yeah. I guess that kind of makes me sound really snobby, but I'm not trying to sound snobby. I just don't like idiots. No, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, yeah, I feel I feel like this this was a pretty good episode in terms of like the the morality of what it was trying to get at, right? Um, because I mean, like I, I I don't know when this episode came out, but uh, hold on, let me let me check. It came out. Uh, Okay, I'm not sure. But like when when the whole thing happened at the end of Star Wars, like once the Rise of Skywalker came out. I mean, really honestly, like once um once The Last Jedi came out. And regardless of how you think of the film, it's not okay to attack the actors for yeah. the film. It's like 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 Kelly Marie Tran just got just assaulted. Yeah, on social media. I didn't care for her character, but I don't know her as a person. Like, <laughs> like what the hell? Like, it but was you don't, you don't feel the motivation to then go on and find her on Instagram and like DM her death threats. I would never do something like that. I don't know how anybody does that. Like whether they're, I don't know how anyone sends a death threat, like fake or not. I don't know how anybody actually does that. Like it's, it's so mind-boggling to me. I can honestly say, and people can dig through my shit if they want, I have never sent a death threat to somebody that I didn't like. Like, because they played a character. Like, that's not who they are. They're an actor yeah. moron. It's like, 
they're a human being. They're like, like I, I don't understand how you can be that upset to send a death threat to an actor playing a character. It's the same in like the Sherlock fandom when I mentioned this before. Martin Freeman's wife played his on-screen girlfriend and wife in the show, and she got death threats because she's an actor and married to someone. It's like that's crazy. Like I can understand why celebrities are getting at least some of them are getting more and more private and they're getting more and more introverted. And I, I would be like, that's why fame is a, a nightmare in my opinion. I wouldn't ever want that. One, one of the craziest ones that I saw recently was so Chadwick Boseman passed away mm. and a bunch of people had tributes for him, which was good. Like uh, Marvel cast people. Um, and so uh, what's her name? Elizabeth Olsen didn't, and they people just started attacking her. People just started attacking her, and she had to shut down her Instagram account it's because like, of. I what the fuck? I don't. I didn't know that. Like that is horrible. Like that. That is, that was insane. Like maybe that's her way of grieving, right? Maybe that's her way of coping. Maybe she's not a social media person. Maybe she just wants to grieve and process her feelings in, in, her, in a private way. We expect celebrities to be 100% transparent. And would you expect that of your neighbor who you don't know? Like, would you expect that of just some random jerk down the street? Like, I don't understand the, the mindset of this mob mentality. It's like when Carrie Fisher passed away, Steve Martin said she was a beautiful funny something intellectual woman she he but he said beautiful first people attacked him oh that's all carrie fisher was to you a beautiful woman she did this and this and that it's like i just paid tribute to a friend of mine who died horribly like i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't believe what i was saying it's like they will eat people alive for saying something or not saying something it's like ah, oh, it's such a beast it's, it's it's gross it's just gross to me yeah and you know the way like for me, when I think of it, like I I might not say anything because first off, social media kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, because you say like that's a perfect example. You said something, but you said the wrong thing. So now we're gonna attack you. Um, or maybe I just don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say. I can't I can't articulate what I'd want to say. Maybe someone said it better. Maybe someone yeah. articulated it in the way that you know you wanted to, and you're just like, yeah, I appreciate that. Or you're just a private person and grieve in private. Like I, I just, uh, there was a, some makeup guru whose father passed away, I think a year or two ago and fans showed up at his father's funeral asking for pictures. It's like, what? where does this end? Like, like where does, where is this, where's the line of like human decency? And that's what scares me is that human decency because of social media is because it can be anonymous because you can't, you can make something, you can put something on your computer to make you untraceable to an extent that you can, don't have to be a decent person. You can just be yeah. decent and not care because, oh, I'm anonymous. Oh, it was just a joke. Like, I, uh, the internet's forever though, bro. So it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the crazy thing, that. yeah, the crazy thing too is like sometimes, you know, uh, like, like, let's just take an example. Like, a, if someone decides to DDoS attack you, um, Sometimes there's no legal recourse to stop them, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, like slander and blackmail can sometimes be hard, really hard to prove. Sometimes, like there was this um, YouTuber who helped this girl. She was homeless, and he helped her out. Didn't realize she had a internet footprint that was frightening, 
and it turned into like a single white female situation. I'm going to take over your life. I'm going to say you abused me. I'm going to say that you're abusing your child. You can't prove that I that you didn't. And it's just, it's horrifying. These people are monsters. And all it takes is one Google search to figure out how to do it. Like, and there's no rationality. There's no rationalizing with people at all. Like, I've spoken on the phone to people who are 100% irrational. Like, I, there was a customer once who had a conversation with, like, a chat bot for my work's, like, customer, mm -hmm. online customer service. He had a full-on conversation with a bot and thought it was a real person. <laughs> and when I tried explaining that to him, no, I know a real person. I know. I, <laughs> I was like, no, sir, this is a robot. It keys into specific words that you put in and helps find a solution. That is what it does. It is not a real person. And some institutions, some businesses do have like live chats with like actual customer service reps. I know my business did not. He was telling her, it was telling the spot things about his marriage. Like, like so irrational. And I felt afraid. Yeah. <laughs> because if you're that irrational, what else are you capable of? Like, and that's another thing. This mob mentality has no rationality. It, it does not forget. It is not forgiving. No, it doesn't. And... I flip-flop a lot on cancel culture, dude. I really do. Because in some cases, I'm like, yeah, if you're a pedophile, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you right, yeah. Well, I think there's a line, right? Right. If you're, if you're a fucking pedophile or you're fucking, like, um, Bill Cosby or, um, you know, Harvey Weinstein, they can go to hell. Throw them away and, and hell. Lock, like, put them away and lock, throw away the key. Like, yeah. I, don't I mean, they're they're lucky that jail is what they got. Oh God, yes, because right, like <laughs> we know it's a scary world out there. But like, I don't. But there, there is a line. Something There's definitely like, a line. You know, like Twelve or fifteen. It, I think it, it. I think it's also circumstantial. See, this is why I'm torn because sometimes I think it's circumstantial. If you show no growth whatsoever then I think it maybe there's something. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, people, I think, I think we got to allow people to grow and change for sure. I feel like, I, I don't know, to me, there are definitely times when you can tell, I think. Um, there are certain people that get into really toxic rabbit holes and their behavior doesn't change. But what they'll try and do is they'll say, oh, I'm different but they're not different. They're, they're, they're rebranding their hate. Exactly. Those people don't need to be forgiven. Then there are people that are just like, you know, I, you know, let's just say an example. I, I had never met a trans person. I never met a gay person. I never met uh, a person who was poor. I never met a person who was black. And that's why my opinions were different. And, you know, I, I met those people and I, I was educated and now I've changed my opinion and they consistently have a different opinion. Those people I think should be forgiven. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of people that kind of play it both ways, you know, like, like this internet clout game. It, 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 it just, it, right? it's just so gross. Like people jumping on the bandwagon of like black lives matter or trans lives matter or X, any other thing that matters is just so like really because you weren't saying that last week uh, yeah and then a week later they don't say anything and you were saying it 10 years ago therefore you're probably a piece of shit so i'm not saying you have to be an activist of everything but don't lie when it's so obvious you know it's just i don't i it's what it's like um 
there's a term for it, but it's like faux activism, basically. And yeah, it's it's just ugh, it's just gross. It's just gross to me. Like the whole Jake Paul thing. I just can't stand that person. I can't stand him in the slightest. Like cancel that asshole because he's clearly not showing any change anytime soon. It's like I don't care. I feel like there are very few people that on the internet that are popular, like really, really popular that I can stand. Like I just, I, I have to stay away from them. Yeah. <laughs> there's, always some, there's always something fake and there's yeah. always something like some weird stupidity. I'm just like, I don't, I don't, I'm here to like, I'm interested in like kind of real human beings mm-hmm. that are not just like surfing the, the wave of the algorithm. Yeah. And that's, that's why I don't watch a lot of big YouTubers. I watch, I like, I like, I watch YouTubers that have like a decent sized following and stuff like that, but I'm interested in their human take on things. And like, yeah, maybe I'll disagree with them sometimes, but I think that's, that's the whole reason why we're here is to disagree and talk and, and see things from people's perspective, which is why I don't like such obvious closed mindedness and this, they're almost, they're not afraid to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not necessarily counterproductive, but um, hypocritical. They're not afraid to be hypocritical. Like, and it just, it just, my, it just boggles my mind. They can like live with it. And yeah. <laughs> just live with the blatant hypocrisy. Yeah. I'm just like, or it's like, who's the, who's the guy? Was it Jake Paul who went to the, the suicide forest? Yeah. Remember that, that? Logan Paul. Logan, Logan Paul. Paul yeah. Brother. I hate that. I know so much about these fucking people. Um, I know, right? Yeah, these these worthless, him. mediocre, weird people. Like, yeah. but at least he's shown. Like, so he did that. He basically got sent to his room by YouTube. Go to your room and think about what you did. And in six <laughs> months, like literally six months later, I think maybe even less time than that, they lifted his ban or his. He couldn't make ad revenue or something like that, which is, doesn't really hurt him because he's got merchandise. He's got other yeah. investments. I'm sure endorsements. Endorsements. I mean, once you have that many followers, you you can easily monetize. Like the the era of YouTube giving people a lot of money through ads is over. Oh yeah, Adpocalypse destroyed all of that. Yeah, and exactly. And but he at least I see some sort of progress. From Logan Paul, I see a tiny, minuscule, insy bitsy bit of potential, and that's the hope that keeps me going. Is that yeah. we can get through the moron who filmed a dead body for profit, not for profit. That's the only reason why he went there. Then, if we can get through to that guy, <laughs> yeah, maybe there's hope. Maybe there's potential. Maybe there's more to them. Is Paul, Jake Paul? No, absolutely not. Like. At least Logan Paul actually went on a march. I saw him doing things. He wasn't being destructive, even if maybe it was. Like, I don't know if it was for just a photo op or something, but at least I saw him doing something. And Jake Paul was obviously just causing a riot. Like, you know, like that's someone who should belong in jail. Like, that's someone who's <laughs> a scourge on my mental health. Thinking about people like Jake Paul depresses. And it's just the, the endorsements will keep coming, so I don't need to learn anything. The... The views will, they'll start clicking. I'll still get the views because now people want to know what a train wreck I am. Okay. Because any amount of attention is good attention. I, you know, there's this, I feel like there's this internet, it's like internet too big to fail, which is a specific type of thing where you have, I mean, there, like how many people like have a million like subscribers or followers across platforms and they do a bunch of things where they actively lose all like half of their following it almost never happens i don't think 
And so because of that, like no matter what you do, you're just continually creating more, more clicks, more impressions, more views. And it's just like, it just feeds it. It's just feeding itself. It's feeding this, this negative cycle. Yeah. It's like this monster that we can't see. And the monster is what we, like my little sister and I were talking the other night about Karens and how we made Karens. Like we are the reason there are Karens because we let them get away with stuff and we let them get to the point where now they're literally physically assaulting people, not even verbally assaulting people anymore. Yeah. Like, because we gave them free stuff, and we gave them this, and we gave them that because we didn't want to deal with them. Like, that's what we do with a child when, oh, they're acting out. Stick them in front of a freaking iPad or give them a lollipop or give them ice cream or something. Just get them to shut up. Like, we made that. Like, and now we're saddled with all of these Karens, and the internet is full of them. Like, we make fun of them, but maybe we were a Karen at one point. We don't know. Like, there's almost a point where we get too self-aware, but then not self-aware enough. <laughs> like, you're too self-aware to the point where, like, you're you're anxious or you're neurotic and then you're not self-aware enough to know when screaming at someone in a public place is not okay. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all Karens and creepy fanboys are all cut from the same cloth. Yes. Yeah, the entitlement, right? Mm -hmm. It's this entitled behavior where you think, you know, again, the character from this, like Robert, he's like, Oh, well people need to like me. People need to respect me. Like I don't need to do anything to earn the respect. I don't, I don't need to like tell my, you know, the CEO of the company who I've been working for for a long time that I'm pissed off with his behavior. I just need to exact revenge without saying anything in a fantasy world. Exactly. And again, that's not how human life, that's not how real life is. And you just, it's that I, I didn't do anything wrong. I, this is owed to me. I deserve this. I, I should be getting this. Why? And, but respect like it is earned. It is earned. It is not something you can demand because that's when people don't respect you and they act out and don't want to do what you're telling them to do. Yeah. Like I, when I was a manager, I tried to make sure I was as accessible as humanly possible because mm -hmm. then they'll come to me when they have an issue. They'll tell me when something's wrong. They'll feel okay to approach me. Like I don't try and rule with this freaking iron fist. <laughs> if you don't do this, I'm going to be so mad at you. Yeah. Cause that's really going to make people work harder for you. That's, that's great because, again, I've worked with people like that where if you don't do what I want you to do, I'm going to be mad and I'm going to throw a tantrum and we're going to be here later than we should be. Yeah, because I don't want to work for you. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think that about covers all of the things we probably want to talk about with this yeah, show. A lot today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, a lot of good conversation. So yeah. a lot of stuff. You know, I, I think that's what's so cool about the show is like there's there's all these different topics that come up when you think about what they're trying to put in our head about because it's not just, you know, they're all like morality kind of plays basically. Yeah. These these episodes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, all right. Cool. So, yeah. Thanks a lot, everybody, for listening and um, have a good rest of your weekend. And, uh, you know, may the force be with you. Live long and prosper. All right. Take care.